Hey guys, and welcome back to the Talking Fit Podcast. Right, today we have a special guest with us. Uh, we have the Mrs. Badger here. Right? Adam's amazing wife is going to be here today. We're going to be breaking down uh, little verses between supplements and whole foods and discerning between the two. Yeah, her name is uh, Megan Badger. So Meg, <laughs> Megan Badger's here. So uh, Meg is actually uh, a nutritional therapy practitioner. Uh, so hi. How you doing? Hi. How are we doing, man? Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what an NTP actually is? I don't think a lot, maybe a lot of people haven't heard of that. I think people usually hear about like nutritionists or dietitians, mm-hmm. but what does an NTP actually do? So, uh, well, thank you for having me, first of all. You're welcome. Um, a nutritional therapy practitioner is basically a holistic nutrition coach. Um, we focus on getting to the root causes of um, health concerns to heal them properly instead of putting a band-aid on them like medication or things like that. So we look to um, within the body to find out why things are happening and then um, work from there to correct it. Yeah, so basically like using nutrition and you know the, the food we're putting in our bodies to help uh, correct, uh, but like a ton of issues, like things that people don't normally, uh, may, may not normally uh, relate to gut health and digestion, mm-hmm. things like, you know, well, obviously like diabetes and things like that, but even things uh, like one of her specialties is uh, women trying to conceive and how nutrition can help uh, with conception and how can nutrition can help with postpartum. Uh, what are some other things that like I'm missing that gut health uh, in- interferes with? Um, well, gut health is related to every function within your body. Um, there's a direct connection from your brain to your gut, um, and it kind of um, impacts all areas. So it's going to impact cardiovascular health, um, endocrine and your hormones, um, blood sugar, um, all that type of stuff. And um, NTPs really focus on six nutritional foundations that really need to be balanced in order for your body to have homeostasis. Um, and those, the number one is nutrition. So what you put in your body. And then the other areas are blood sugar regulation, gut health, hydration, fatty acids, and minerals. So when you work with a nutritional therapy practitioner, we would look at all of those areas and try to find a way to recreate homeostasis within the body so that you're feeling optimally. Yeah. (laughs) And and, uh, I think a lot of people, I think, I mean, the people that do listen to this or people that generally come to like me or Tyler, they're usually come to us because uh, they want to lose weight or they want to build lean muscle. They want to look better, feel better. Um, But even if that is your overall goal, uh, if this these six things aren't in line, like you're not going to get optimal results from the gym mm-hmm. or from your nutrition. So that means, yes, even if your calories are in check and even if you're eating enough protein, if you're not paying attention to these things, you're not going to get the most out of your workouts, out of your diet. And just your overall health is going to be, uh, you know, not optimal, like Meg said. But so like whether you have or a beginner trying to lose 100 pounds mm-hmm. or you're someone who has a six pack. You know, just it doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're healthy just because you're shredded. You know, mm-hmm. so I think this that is one of the main things we're tying in today is talking about whole foods versus supplements. Is a lot of the like you know people you'll see on Instagram or in like a GNC like on the cover of of ads, they're like you know shredded like fitness models and uh, they're promoting these supplements and people are then buying into that marketing as like, okay, that's what's gonna get me not only shredded, but get me healthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually someone that, I, I've probably said this on the podcast before, but like I used to work at a GNC for like three and a half years. So I knew the, the amount of supplements that we sold and the amount of money that that type of place brings in. And you'd have people come in and you know, not once do they ever train the sales associates to talk to people about their behavior, you know, you know, I did it naturally just because I knew the benefits of working on nutrition. But I mean, the amount I know about nutrition now, I knew a quarter of it back then. Mm-hmm. And I'm over there selling, you know, supplements to people just trying to make money. Um, you know, not, I wasn't doing it maliciously, but like that was just my job. Uh, but yeah, so that's, so when you're working with someone like, you know, Meg, you're, whether you, like I said, whether you're shredded or you're just trying to get in, into the gym, these are things that you really, really want to focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's huge to know and I love that we do have Meg on today, not just because she's your wife, but uh, just putting the main focus and, and putting our, our spotlight on realizing that health, health is wealth, of course, but that health is so much more than just simply our aesthetics and being able to dig deeper into focusing on 
uh, how, how we feel on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that's something huge that I you know stress to my clients. Like once you start to make some of these simple changes and Maggie's gonna explain even more in depth of things we can do um, in terms of just feeling your best every single day. It's yeah. not about you know simply just dropping the number on the scale. Yeah. So what so um, I know with me in the past I've been through phases where like I was overusing supplements and mm -hmm. like I wasn't seeing the results I wanted to in the gym and I was actually having a lot of negative side effects, mostly digestive related. Mm -hmm. And I know, uh, you know, back when me and Meg, before we were married, like we were living together and we were both using supplements pretty regularly. And like Meg was getting like a ton of gut health issues mm -hmm. while using supplements that were supposed to be helping with gut health. <laughs> so like we want to go, yeah, go into a little bit of that, like you know, maybe some stuff that you used in the past. And, yeah. Um, so I used to work out really early in the morning and then I would come home and I would get in the shower, but I would always have like a protein shake that was um, easily digestible protein. So or I would at least marketed it. Marketed yeah. yes. And then throughout the day I would drink BCAs in my water because mm -hmm. it tasted good. And then I would also take like greens mm -hmm. supplement and sometimes, like those greens powders that yeah, you mix in water. Yeah, the water. And then I would also sometimes have like a meal replacement shake with protein that was a little bit heavier of a protein. And um, I had like the worst digestion ever after that. I ended up having SIBO, which was actually an overgrowth of bad bacteria in your small intestine. And wow. it impacts your, uh, your body's ability to absorb proteins, carbs, fats. Um, it can lead to leaky gut, which literally means like parasites and food particles can just float around your body. Um, and when I started kind of now learning all of this, like looking at those products, they had artificial sweeteners, artificial colors, horrible ingredients in them that aren't natural and aren't meant to be taken every day. Mm -hmm. And they just cause so much havoc on your body that you can't stay in that, you know, state of homeostasis. Um, and it wasn't until I stopped using all of those and started eating whole foods that I started to feel a lot better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and even when I was using all of those, I noticed that I want that year in particular, I had three sinus infections and mm -hmm. had to go on antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And since eating whole foods, I haven't been on antibiotics once. Which also antibiotics fuck up your gut too. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was just, you know, like lack of education around it. And, but I think that's what most people are experiencing and they don't know why they're bloated and have all these issues and yeah. have brain fog and all this other stuff. Well, not to go off on a, a whole other tangent, but that's something that like, you know, Meg is very passionate about too, that I didn't even realize until I, you know, she educated me on it, which is like how quickly doctors will prescribe antibiotics and how bad that is yeah. for your gut health. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I can't even count the number of times as a kid that mm -hmm. I was just given antibiotics, just like haphazardly. Like, oh, he's got a, he's got a stuffy nose, antibiotics, antibiotics. And I know, uh, even into my twenties, I would, you know, drink protein shakes. I would eat protein bars. I would take pre-workout. Um, you know, I would not pay attention to, you know, whole food sources, you know, meaning like I would eat out a lot. I would, you know, maybe get Chipotle or whatever, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I just had horrible digestion all the time, you know, and, and even, you know, up until the last couple of years, just paying more attention to what I'm eating, eating more organic foods, not relying on supplements, like way better digestion, mm -hmm. way more, way less discomfort, you know, better sleep, all that stuff across the board. And a lot of these issues people actually try to fix with supplements with like, more, yeah, more yeah. I'm bloated. I need to take this pill or get this supplement or I'm having bad sleep. I should take this supplement or take this pill. I'm having low energy. I should take this supplement or I should take this pill. And it's just like a constant never ending cycle. And no one ever actually pays attention to, you know, what they're actually eating on a day to day basis and how that affects them. Mm -hmm. You know, even like, you know, Meg was saying with hydration, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, I, you know, I'm just drinking water throughout the days and help, but they're not paying attention to like their electrolytes and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So I know the main focus is going to be supplements versus whole foods, but these are things that are really, really important that people need to realize is just like, it's not just about, you know, putting a bandaid over the issue. Like Meg was saying, it's about actually getting to the root cause of it and then fixing it through nutrition and, and, mm -hmm. and what you're doing, what you're putting in your body. Um, so what well, I had a point. Yeah. So those things you were saying were all kind of band-aids, like taking a, you know, antacid when you feel like you have too much stomach acid and, mm -hmm. and all that type of stuff. But um, 
not to sound like super hippie, but like we need to like start recognizing that those are like little cries for help from our body. Yeah. So like when we have these symptoms, just trying to mask the symptoms will never fix the root cause. Yeah. So when people are like, my stomach's so acidy, then they go and get on Prilosec, which reduces their stomach acid, but like they're not fixing what's causing them to feel that way. Yeah. yeah. So then if they skip their Prilosec for two days, they have these like horrendous symptoms again because they haven't fixed what the problem is. Oh yeah, yeah. And these things go on for years and people are just putting band-aids and then it becomes these like chronic, it turns into these chronic diseases. Yeah. Um, so an important part to recognize is to listen to your body mm. and something that people don't ever do is listening to their body. But like we all have this innate wisdom within us and it's the ability to basically survive and, and thrive. So like our body knows when we're full, our body knows when we're thirsty and it gives off you know, little clues, but because of our diets, it masks those things. So a lot of times we overeat or we, you know, think that our bloating or something is related to something else. And we have to recognize that for hundreds and hundreds of years, people ate and listened to their innate wisdom. They didn't overeat. They had balanced energy for four to five hours after a meal. They felt full, but not overstuffed. And that's just not how we live now. Yeah. And since like the 1880s, nutrition and our modern diet has gone through like six or seven different milestones. So yeah. we're talking about like agricultural revolution, industrial revolution, um, the introduction of sugar, big food companies coming out like Kellogg's and all those. And then the whole idea of what eating was changed. It became a market. It's like, mm -hmm. what can we sell? What's going to make people want to eat it? What's going to make people want to buy it rather than what's going to nourish our bodies? What's going to help us, you know, live longer and perform our jobs without being hungry. So, um, that's a really big part of our diet today is we eat all these foods that don't allow us to truly listen to our bodies. Um, and then we get, autoimmune issues, inflammation, all these diseases because we're eating these like hyper palatable foods that are full of salt and sugar and oils and all this stuff that's not good for us. And the foods literally interact with our, our brains and they make us feel hungrier when we're not, they make us crave foods. Um, and then, so we don't, the whole foods don't seem as appealing to us because we're used to these hyper palatable foods that hit those sources, you know, when they, when they're in your body. Um, so it's really important to recognize that the more whole foods you introduce in your diet over time, you'll you'll start to like them and they'll start to feel more appealing more. Oh yeah. Because if you're eating yeah. like fast food every day, like and then you try to start making home cooked meals for a week, it's not gonna seem as appealing or as delicious or as satisfying mm -hmm. because they're not as hyper palatable. Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. a really good point. That's one like we're drinking uh well me and Tyler are brought one for my machine and openers yet. We're all we're drinking like <laughs> we're drinking seltzers right now, not white claws, just like regular seltzers. But like when I uh when I first uh, I'm working with a client who maybe is drinking soda a lot. Mm -hmm. And then one of the first uh, tips I'm going to say, oh, just try switching to seltzer. The, everyone is, ugh, it's so bland. Yeah. They don't like it. Whereas me, when I'm drinking one of these, like it tastes sweet to so me because my palate has changed over the years. Because when I was like six years old, I would drink soda. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like Tyler has the, his one story about when he first tried to lose <laughs> weight when he was 12, he just went from eating nachos to eating salad and lost <laughs> weight. Like it's that simple. Um, but I mean... Again, I know we're supposed to be talking about supplements, but there's a really a lot of really good points Meg made, which was really? like all those like those transitions in in how we eat, and it boils down to like you know even as something as simple as you know we're both we're raising a baby right now, me and Meg, and we don't feed him sugar, we don't give him processed foods, we don't give him formula or baby food, and I'm not like demeaning anyone who has done that with their kids, but like we're choosing to only introduce whole foods. Well, no sugar, mm -hmm. only whole foods and breast milk. And one of the main things that the, the main reasons these uh, habits become formed is because when we're kids, everyone feeds kids kid you know kid food, which is look, look at any children's menu or what they give you at school. It's like salty, processed, sugary foods, and you eat these as a kid. And then you get to an adult and a lot of people just continue those eating habits. They don't even think to like, you know, start nourishing their body with whole foods. They're just like, oh, I know McDonald's tastes good. Mm -hmm. And they can just go there. Um, and then that leads to certain issues. And then what happens with most people is they look for the quick fix. And that can then lead into overusing supplements or overusing medications. 
And then it just becomes an even more of a vicious cycle because now you're dealing with like chemicals and, and things like that that are, you know, even more dangerous for your body, mm-hmm. but you're overly relying on them. Uh, so I feel like we've, the Badgers have talked a lot of times. No, it's great. <laughs> Megan's giving us some great points here, guys. So I'm just soaking it all in. And no, honestly, everything that you guys say relate exactly into how I'm speak, how I speak to my clients in terms of nourishing themselves through the use of whole foods, getting rid of, you know, going from the process to highly palatable foods and switching to things that will nourish your body and give you energy as you go into each day. I can speak from, again, like Adam said, personal experience. I, I grew up eating uh, honey buns, uh, nachos, yeah. uh, beef patties, all these things that were all basically nutritionally uh, really bad for me and, you know, allowed me to put on a lot of body fat as I was growing. I was always a really large person, but uh, plenty of body fat and really, I think, it relating in terms of our antibiotics as well, four times a year, I was given antibiotics to get rid of sinus infections. Yeah. I, I've, I've always realized when it comes to our youth, especially, it's all about trying to give them the quick fix, what's going to shut them up, or what's going to get them full. Or to stay quiet. Yeah, or, or to stay quiet. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you guys can say from a parent standpoint, sometimes give, give your kids things to stay quiet and stay um, you know, focused on what they're doing. But that being said, I just, I, I, I 100% agree with the things Meg is you know sharing with us today because... I've realized from a personal effects and from working with my clients, how they can see and notice the changes and realize, you know, although McDonald's may taste good three, four times a week, and we're continuing nourishing ourselves with our whole foods, and not only changes, uh, you know, will change the number on the scale, change inches, things of that nature, but it really starts to change uh, how you view food, how it makes you feel, and it raises your awareness on a daily basis, and that's something we preach all the time. And to go back to what Meg was saying before about, like, getting your body to... Uh, be in a state of homeostasis. Mm-hmm. Uh, homeostasis is essentially what your body is like a baseline of normal, right? What your body considers normal. Mm-hmm. Now, but through poor behavior, you can actually create a bad homeostasis to what your body perceives to be normal. So, mm-hmm. for example, like I use this all the time is that some people are so used to feeling like shit that they don't know they feel like shit. Mm -hmm. They're so used to waking up with low energy or waking up multiple times in the middle of the night or, you know, uh, having stomach issues or being like, I can't eat that because it makes you feel this way and all this stuff. And they don't realize that that's not normal. It's not normal to, you know, be constipated for three days. It's not normal to not be able to fall asleep at night. You know, and we're talking about this is like, these are like chronic issues. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. everyone has a sleepless night once in a while. But like, if you're laying awake at 2 a.m. every single night, like I don't know why I can't fall asleep, taking a supplement is not gonna be the way to go. Like there's something going on in your day that's Mm -hmm. causing that besides just normal stress. So I know that's one thing that uh, Meg had, had, you know, was working with someone recently and she had told, they were having trouble with sleep. Mm-hmm. And one of the tips she gave them was to, I believe, let me know if I'm wrong, was to like eat like a carb snack, like after dinner, was it? Or like, or Not a protein a, carb snack. Just to eat a balanced macro. A, a balanced macro snack. snack closer to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when you're constantly awake between two and four in the morning, that's a blood sugar issue. Mm-hmm. So basically like within your sleep, your body's like, listen, I don't have enough blood sugar right now. Um, so, when you're awake from that like two to four range in the morning, a lot of times it's it's your an issue with your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So I just recommended having like she was eating like stopping eating at like six p.m. and I was like it's it's kind of long for you to go from six p.m. till maybe eight a.m. the next mm-hmm. day with nothing. Um, but there's so many other symptoms that come up that people don't even attribute to things like gut and blood sugar. Like if every time you step outside, you can't be outside in the sun without sunglasses. Like that's a symptom of you know, like an imbalance in your gut, um, Mm -hmm. seasonal allergies related to your gut, you know, like I have actually Adam came with me and I got allergy tested and Mm -hmm. he basically said I'm allergic to everything in spring. (laughs) And that's what I used to always get. Like I would have chronic sinus infections every year and I would go on antibiotics every year. And like, since I haven't been on antibiotics in like three years, I think. Um, and it doesn't mean I don't get little things of it, but Mm -hmm. it's not like what, like I would be like, out with these awful sinus infections. Yeah. Um, like to the point where you couldn't work, breathe, like, yeah, like, like do anything so else. Bad. I would be like, like yep. using neti pots and like <laughs> all this crazy shit. Like, yeah. but, and I, but I haven't been on an antibiotic since. And, and other things not just related to like losing weight and feeling better, but when you eat these foods that have chemicals and additives and all this stuff in it, it literally can change the way like your epigenetics, like the way your DNA works, so it can turn on or off 
the way your, your genes work within your body, the way they're expressed. Um, and then you can turn them on and, or off and it can make you have worse or better symptoms. And then also like for like my, like women who I work with that are like trying to conceive, like those gene expressions are going to be imprinted on your baby the second you get pregnant. And if you have females, like for me, if I have a daughter, her daughter's eggs are inside of me. So like I'm impacting three generations of my family from mm-hmm. like what I put in my body. Yeah, so that's that's fucking that's, crazy. It's to not, make it's, 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 like yeah. my granddaughter, if my daughter has a granddaughter, yeah. her eggs are inside of me and I'm impacting the way her genes can be expressed and the way her DNA will replicate when she's born. Yeah, and that, and that just goes to show you like how it goes so much deeper than just I want to lose 10 pounds. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it goes exactly. so much deeper than that. And people make so many drastic, unhealthy decisions trying to lose those 10 pounds mm-hmm. that they're not thinking about this type of stuff. Now, you know, obviously there's things that maybe in your past or you've done, or maybe you're someone who already has kids and grandkids, so you can't change it now, you know, but you can at least change your own personal health so mm-hmm. you can continue to live a better life. And I think for me and Meg both, like, you know, that's a huge, um, just, shift in our own families not for any other reason just lack of you know education mm-hmm. uh you know uh, from when they were kids and when we were kids but those shifts we've made in in our nutrition are, are so drastically different than the way that we were like you know fed as kids at school and all the stuff and marketed to mm-hmm. um it takes a conscious effort to go okay i know something's wrong and i'm going to try and fix it with nutrition versus mm-hmm. just like I said, buying a pill or, or getting going to it again. But even something. when we were little, things weren't as bad as they like they are now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like organic wasn't as a big of a thing back then, but like now, like the soil that they put stuff in is so much worse and it doesn't have nutrients and they spray pesticides like crazy and you know, like all this stuff that wasn't around thirty years ago. It wasn't yeah. being used like it is now, you know. Um so that also kind of is a big thing in, in our food and the things we eat now. Um, but that kind of relates back to the supplements Like there's a lot and not just supplements, but there's a lot of like diets that are like, you drink a a shake for breakfast, a shake for lunch, and then you eat a balanced dinner. And like, like the, the impacts that's having on your body are just, you know, they're going to be irreversible if you live your life like that for a long period of time. Yeah. And from a behavior standpoint, if you're not learning, you know, like we were just talking before we started recording, I was like, I've met people who have pantries full of supplements Mm -hmm. but they don't know what a good source of protein is Mm -hmm. so like you know you have to just educate yourself so that you know not only not only do you avoid the negative side effects but you can actually identify and know if something is bullshit or not and like Mm -hmm. i think there's you know there's a lot of like meg was saying there's nutrition programs out there like you know um these like 21 day fixes and like you know octavia and these like the uh, nutrition plans or quote-unquote nutrition plans that are based around supplements but they're not actually teaching anyone anything about gut health, about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, quality nutrients in their food and stuff like that. And one thing we were talking about before we started recording too is, you know, to compare, you know, let's say there's 20 grams of protein in a protein shake and there's 20 grams of protein in, you know, four ounces of salmon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on paper, you're going to look at that and go, well, one's 20 grams of protein, one's 20 grams of protein. What's the difference if I have the shake instead of the salmon? Well, when you eat the salmon, there's a much more likely chance you're going to eat that with something. Yeah. So you're going to probably have a veggie with it or a carb. It becomes a more balanced meal. The salmon's also going to have healthy fats in it. It's more bioavailable to the body because it's a natural source of food that your body has, over the course of evolution, learned to digest. Whereas with the protein shake, you know, you're just putting a scoop of powder in water or milk and pounding it down. Like if you were to break down logically like that, like which one seems healthier, the powder that comes in a jug that you order online or the salmon that, you know, maybe a, a two weeks ago was swimming in the ocean. Like one is going to be better than the other when it comes to overall nutrition. Uh, so I know uh, one of the one of the supplements that Meg is super passionate about um, is prenatal vitamins and and that's i know that's not really a fitness related supplement but again we're talking about vitamins that are marketed to help a woman get pregnant and to nourish their 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 child that's growing in them and as meg is like you know educating me on educating like her followers on it's like a lot of these are just bullshit you know what i mean they're like they find uh like maybe a nutrient let's say i'm just gonna throw one out there this probably is but let's just say uh like iron and they find, oh, uh, pregnant women need iron, let's say. 
So they'll put like a trace amount of iron in there to say that there's iron in it, but it may not even be enough to be bioavailable. It may not be combined with the other minerals that it needs. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's just one example, but like, do you want to speak to that? Like how, just using that as an example, how much, uh, you know, crap there is out there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the supplement industry is not regulated really by the FDA. So there's no like, you have to have this, it can't be this. Um, so yeah, I mean, they put, all companies are trying to make their product the most marketable and the cheapest. So for example, with prenatals, a lot of times they put like the shittiest form available in the pill because it's the cheapest. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like vitamin B12, for example, yeah. methacobalamin is the easiest absorbed form, but it won't be in a lot of cheaper prenatals because it's more expensive and it takes yeah. up more room mm -hmm. in the pill. Yeah. And no one wants to take more than one pill a day. The prenatal I take has Yeah, I was eight. gonna ask you, how many do yeah. you have to take? <laughs> it takes, it's eight pills a day wow. because, and you, you spread them out throughout the day, but like it has almost everything you need mm -hmm. in the most easily absorbed forms. Yeah. Whereas other companies will cut corners, they'll literally just cut out nutrients that take up space in their pill to make it a delicious gummy or yeah, a one yeah. a day, like just, yeah. but at the expense of a pregnant woman not potentially meeting her like vitamin needs. Yeah, exactly. I think that's insane to realize. And I think it's also a huge point to like note and make note of that every decision and when it comes to even our nutrition, which isn't controlled by us unless what we choose to purchase and to buy every day is made for a dollar sign. Every single thing oh, yeah. is made for a dollar sign. Well, think about how many food groups are there? Like yeah. a handful. And <laughs> yeah, how big is a grocery yeah. store? Exactly. Isn't that crazy? Like think about realistically, like a grocery store should be the size of like a 7-Eleven. Yeah. There's like, there's only so many food groups, but you there's so You could literally many. cut out every aisle in the middle of the grocery store Shopping and outside. just meet yeah. around the outside, which is produce, yeah. veggies, Fish, yep. meat, dairy, yeah. and you'd be fine. I think you, you said that. You said that last I know, week. There was actually on our last week on our last episode. I said the same thing. Like, yeah. That's once I was able to transition my eating into doing that. Like I just, I felt, I just felt different. Yeah. You know, and that was the biggest thing. And then from there, it felt like you know, like you were saying, like the bloating, the um, consistent bowel movements. Yes, we all poop. It's part of it, guys. Yeah. Um, but just like make sure that your your bowels, you're feeling good on a day to day basis. I I think if there's anything. Um, as both a coach and, and both, a, um, I'd say a trainee or a client, you know, I mean, of just like being, you know, healthy into fitness, things of that nature, uh, I, I became very super aware. And that's something I try to then relay onto my clients is to become hyper aware of how things are making you feel on that day to day basis, because there's so much more that goes into it than how I'm I know. I think, I think that's a, a, one thing to, to just kind of preface everything we're saying, um, is that. You know, there's obviously a realistic expectation of imperfection. So yeah. what, what, the example I used, you know, to Meg and to Tyler too, is like alcohol. There's literally no benefit to alcohol. Nothing is nothing healthy about it, yeah. but people are going to drink. So you have to be realistic and say, okay, I know that there's not every single decision I make in my life is going to be optimal for my health. Mm -hmm. But can you make 80 to 90% of your decisions optimal for your health? And I think most people don't realize that 80 to 90% of their decisions that they make are not optimal for their health. Mm -hmm. So if you are pounding supplements, eating you know processed foods, eating a lot of drive-through stuff, drinking a lot of caffeine, not prioritizing protein, not prioritizing water, all this crap, like taking a probiotic is not gonna help you. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it comes down to your behavior. So mm -hmm. I think, what the point I'm trying to make though is if you go out to a restaurant and you eat out and it happens to be something processed that you're eating, you don't have to run away from it like it's rat poison. But is that making up 90% of your diet? And for a lot of people, it kind of is. You know, I know I know a ton of people who are eating out five, seven times a week, and they, you know, maybe they're eating out at good quality restaurants most of the time, but even there, like they're they're making the food, they want to make the food taste good and, and, and make a good return on their investment in, the, in what they're providing. So like they're going to get cheaper ingredients sometimes. And um, I think one thing that, uh, you know, Meg is really good at is finding substitutions. Like, you know, understanding like, what, like for instance, like, you know, pantry snacks. Like she did like a whole pantry clean out for some of my people. We're just showing like, these are some common things you have in your pantry that are, you know, not good for you. And, but also here are the things you should have. Yeah, instead. So going into like the, the supplement talk again, like, you know, there was, 
we posted a poll on our Instagram stories. And I know for me, uh, the people who voted on the poll, it was about, uh, I'll double check my screenshots, but I would say the majority of the people on my poll uh, said they used protein powder. So like 73% of people who voted, like said they use protein powder to hit their protein goals, but only like 60, only uh, 35% said they use like a pre-workout or energy supplement. Mm -hmm. But would you, um, you know, are there some things that people maybe are intaking, uh, you know, that beyond just pre-workout and protein that maybe you see on a common basis that, that they should, you know, for the supplement wise that people rely on or that they shouldn't? Like in... Like in a protein powder or just in addition? No, like, like, so like in a protein powder, let's say you, let's say you are someone and you're trying to make, uh, changes in your behavior Mm -hmm. and trying to eat more protein, but you're having a little trouble hitting it. Maybe you're just getting used to eating more, you know, lean meats. Um, but so you want to supplement with a protein powder. What would be your recommendation? Maybe some brands and also, you know, maximum allowable doses that you would say. Mm. Well, I think it's important to not only focus on macronutrients, which are super important. They're like the building blocks of our body. They fuel our energy production. But we also need to think about micronutrients, which are like the cofactors that help our body function properly. So if you think of macronutrients as the building blocks, like micronutrients are like the spark plugs. Like you still need them. So if you are eating more... um, sources of animal proteins, then you're getting those cofactors because they're already built in. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you take protein powders, they're often not. Yeah. So you are, every time you have a protein shake, you're potentially missing out on A, absorbing the protein as well as you could, and B, also the micro, micronutrients that you need for all of the functions in your body to operate properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I don't like relying on protein powder. Um, and again, protein powder is not super regulated. so there's some that are super shitty yeah, yeah. and I looked at um, a few like popular ones and almost all of them have sucralose or um, any other sort of artificial sweetener and I think people now are getting smart enough that they can they know like the heavy hitters for artificial sweetener mm-hmm. like sucralose aspartame um, some other ones but like then they also hide sugar in other ways mm-hmm. so one of the pre-workouts I was looking at had sucralose and then right next to it it said malodextrin mm-hmm. which is again just a form of sugar it's just like another way that they and then there was another one I looked at and it had cane sugar and then the next one said dextrose which is again just a different form of sugar so it's yeah. just like so much sugar yeah. and like 50% of the population is walker walking around with undiagnosed either pre-diabetic pre-diabetes or diabetes yeah and blood sugar is like a huge issue and um so that's why i don't really like a lot of those types of products um there's one protein powder that's not too bad it has um the only sweetener is stevia leaf it's 22 nutrition Uh um and then there's another one called just ingredients and that's also just um, and they both see. also make pre-workout as well. They also both make pre-workout yeah. as well. But and, they have no just, additives, no artificial anything. And um, just to be w- real clear, like Meg does not have any sort of ties to those. Like it's not like no. she makes <laughs> yeah, no sponsorships or nothing like that. These this are, is an ad. This is, yeah, this is an ad. No, uh, these, are, these are – so we, we, we make zero money doing this podcast. No, no sponsorships. And even if you were to use supplements like that – Meg is Meg. I, I'm not to speak for her, but I'm sure she would say like, still in moderation. Like yeah. uh, we're not doing two scoops of protein a day. We're we're saying like keep it around in case. So it's like if you're eating three meals a day, seven days a week. That's 21 meals a week. Mm-hmm. You know that means occasionally if you're on the go and you have no other options and it's between eating no protein or having the protein shake, have the protein shake. But you know again, you should be auditing and adjusting your behavior so that you learn how to fit in more whole food proteins. So, you know, those, those would be like your recommendations, those two, those two brands. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's some that are way worse than others. Um, but those ones are probably the two I recommend the most. Um, and then again, like try to cut out like the energy 
supplements fizz things and the, all the, the green the green powders like just eat your fucking vegetables yeah, and yeah. stop yep. trying to like get your fruits and vegetables in <laughs> with a green scoop yeah yeah i follow a girl who rec- represents first form yeah and she's currently pregnant has protein powder every morning and takes these like greens that have artificial and what is it what does it them. say on the label about what? drinking those while pregnant it doesn't say not to drink it all no, right yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. But like, I, she posts about it every single day because she sells them for the company. And yeah. I'm just like, like your little fetus's DNA. Like, what are you doing? You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. Like, that's what I think about. And like, th- she doesn't know better. No one's mm-hmm. telling her better. And then when someone does say like, is this safe during pregnancy? She's like, just consult with your physician. But mine said it's fine. So I'm just like, well, no one's going to go do that. They're just going to be like, well, this girl from first form does it and she's fit and no, that's, I'm going to go do it too. That's super true. Sure. Yeah. I have, I, I've, I've seen people on social media too, where they're, they're trying to give out nutrition advice and it's always, I take this for energy. I take this for post-workout. Mm-hmm. I take this for my greens. I take this for my gut health, which most people who use the term gut health have absolutely no idea what it means. And then they go, if you want to try them, you know, use my, use my link. And it's like, you're just fucking trying to sell something. And if you have influence over people, you should be educating them with, you know, the but they right don't know. They don't know. Like no, this yeah. girl, like I'm not, I'm not saying she's maliciously out there trying to get people, but she just like literally doesn't know. Yeah. Well, that's what the thing though is, is like you should, if you're going to be putting out that type of influence or you should or, know, you should, know. Yeah. You should know. And I, I, so I think that, you know, so that's, there's a couple of things that we can riff on there is just like, you know, uh, when, if you need to get these basic things that should be getting, if you're, you should be getting from nutrition, but they're all coming from powders and bars, you know, that should, you know, be a red flag right there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so what are some ways like you would recommend, uh, or both of you guys, like, some suggestions you give to clients when it comes to, let's say a big one is usually energy. So, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I feel tired all day. I feel fatigued, you know? And a lot of people always think that it's, you know, hormones or this Mm -hmm. and that, or like over stress, but you know, they're relying, basically what happens is they're relying on caffeine. So their body, that becomes their normal. Mm Something they don't have the energy drops, you know, their tolerance level is super high. So they, they can, you know, function without it. So what would be, what are some recommendations you guys give to your clients? If you're trying to steer them away from supplements, but they are dealing with, you know, some chronic fatigue, what would, what would be something, or at least maybe some things that you would address? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly for me, um, I always start out with, uh, when it comes to fatigue, focusing on people's quality of sleep, their yeah. sleep hygiene. Um, are you, and this has nothing to do with nutrition, but uh, turning off, looking at the screen, uh, about before 30 minutes before bed. Um, also, if you do look at screens uh, for a majority of through your day, uh, so just like uh, the blue or like orange light glasses mm-hmm. that help to filter that out. Um, and then besides that, from a uh, nutrition standpoint, honestly, and it's something I've uh, instituted into uh, some of my shakes and uh, trying to get some of my clients to, to engage in it, but it's actually Beats. Beats has a lot of natural oxidative process, uh, properties to it that can give you energy like throughout your day. So uh, so I, to, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so I'm trying to mix that into, you know, more just to like salads and things of that nature. And I can speak from, uh, again, what I'm next referring to as far as like the powders. I took athletic greens actually yeah. for a while. I liked it because of how my stomach felt in the morning, but then I really had a, a self-realization moment when I'm with myself and I'm like, okay, Todd, <laughs> if you're getting in this amount, <laughs> this amount of athletic greens in one scoop and that's supposed to be healthy for you, that makes absolutely zero sense when your vegetables are coming out of a packet and not from the ground. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, how is this supposed to be good for my gut health, have my gut feeling good, but it's actually... And I also think there's, when you're taking a supplement, there's A, there's a placebo effect, initial placebo effect where you're like, oh, this is going to work. So then you believe it works. So then you feel a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know... uh, they know how to market. You know, there's people who get paid thousands of dollars a year to so to come up with these marketing strategies. And if you're marketing to someone and you're saying, "Hey, you know those that green shit on your plate that you haven't wanted to eat since you were a kid? You don't have to eat that anymore. You can just drink this shake, and you know that you're getting all your veggies for the day." Yeah. So realistically, that's how, I, that's how I that's, got yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, what about you, Meg? What are some things that you would address? I know you're saying before about like the blood sugar and stuff like that, how that mm-hmm. can affect energy. Um just about the greens really like them but a lot of people also want to take vitamins that are like whole food sources so mm-hmm. like there's even like with prenatals there's some that are like whole food all based they're whole food based like all of the vitamins are whole foods which 
is ideal. You do want to get your vitamins from whole foods, but what happens is they can only fit so much in the fucking into pill. A pill. Yeah. So the yeah. amount you're actually getting of that supplement is way less. Yeah. And the nutrients that you get from like fruits and vegetables, especially vegetables, is usually less bioavailable than like the vitamins you would get from animal products, let's say. Mm-hmm. But so that's why um it's hard to for them to say like this is all your vegetables in this tiny little scoop mm-hmm. because like yeah it also it really matters like how bioavailable it actually is and how much of those vegetables they can actually possibly fit well yeah because it's all it's all in the wording mm-hmm. so basically like if, if 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 i you know take a piece of orange peel and I put, and then like a piece of apple skin and then i grab a blueberry off the floor and I mix it in a glass of water, I can the say... The question is, why are there blueberries? <laughs> There's always Hard blueberries on our floor. <laughs> if I did that, though, I could be like, this drink has all whole food, yeah, fruit sources. This is 100% fruit. And it's got, you know what I mean? I could just say that. I don't have to, that's, and then people can drink it and go, oh, well, I'm getting a, all whole food sources, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, it, and one of the big things with supplement companies is you'll see it on a lot of labels, is proprietary blends. These are huge. And and it just says proprietary blend and it lists like the 10, 20, 30 ingredients that are in there, but it doesn't even tell you how much is in there of each thing. It's literally like they just dump all that stuff into uh, a bucket and then start scooping into pills. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this documentary. It's called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Yeah. It's about like steroids and stuff. But there's this one guy in there who sells supplements out of his house and he literally just buys like in bulk, like glutamine, creatine, whatever. And he just mixes them in a bowl and puts them in these little pills. And then he was just like, yeah, like it's not FDA regulated. Like you can literally just sell those out of his yeah. house. And he was, and it's not illegal. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's he was a crazy. legit company. Yep. He had like, you know, he was paying taxes and income tax and all that stuff. And that's how he made the pills. And he was just like, yeah, people buy them because I'm Jack and they just think that this is what they, they need. Um, yeah, so I, I do like to give people though, like some tangible, like, you know, practical things that they can start applying to their, to their day-to-day life. So, um, you know, w- when it comes to protein, I mean, obviously you're just, you're going to have to suck it up and probably eat some more lean meats. Like that's the easiest way to get more protein in. Um, if we're aiming, if you're, even if you're not at the level right yet where you're tracking food, mm-hmm. if you can get like, you know, a palm sized portion of protein at, at each feeding, uh, you're probably going to be on, on the right track. Um, with energy levels, like, you know, I, I just asked you that, Meg, like, what are some, what are some tips you give people, you know, if they're, they're dealing with low energy or digestive issues, like anything you probably kind of want to throw out there that you think people would deal with? Well, I think for, for low energy, I think there's a, a, a big reliance on caffeine that I yeah. think should probably be cut back. I mean, having a cup of coffee in the morning or something, that's fine. Um, but if you're throughout the day getting afternoon fatigue and, you feel like you need a cup of coffee or you're very, very tired. Like that's a blood sugar issue. Again, like those are symptoms you can't put a bandaid on and be like, I'll go to Starbucks on my my afternoon break. Like that's a bandaid. You're just giving yourself more caffeine. It's fixing the problem, you know, for the, for the now, but it's going to just keep happening. Um, so I think that just some tidbits are to, you know, start looking inward, stop ignoring symptoms. If you do take a supplement, Google, Google each ingredient. Yeah. And if what you read, you're fine with putting in your body, it's, it's all you. you yeah. know? Like yeah, if right. you look up what's in it and it doesn't look bad to you or you read what the side effects of those are and you're still okay taking it, more power to you. But I think that you'd be at shocked. Least you're making an educated decision at that right. point. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like the more you know, the better choices you can make. So if you have the information and still choose to do it, then, yeah. you know, that like, that's on you. But I think a lot of people would be really surprised at like what the actual ingredients are. Yeah. Like if they actually Google, like what's maldextrin or what's like one of the protein powders had, um, alsofolamine potassium. And when I looked it up, it said it's a known carcinogen that yeah. leads to cancer. So like having a protein shake a week is not going to do that. But like, you know, over time with, you know, you gotta, you gotta decide what, what's, worth it to you you know is it going to be more annoying to eat that piece of chicken at lunch or to take that shake that has stuff that's gonna you know lead to gut health issues digestive Mm -hmm. issues and you know down the line like cancer yeah and also we were talking about that before we started recording too is like if you're in the average person who 80 to 90 percent of your food is low protein high sugar high trans fats processed stuff Mm -hmm. and now you're just adding in more processed stuff from supplements 
you're not fixing the issue, you're not changing behavior. And changing your behavior is really the only way that you can guarantee results, you know? Um, I mean, I to use some real life examples that I've seen, literally seen, like I said, I used to work at GNC. And you know, the my manager at the time was like one of the top salespeople in the company and she smoked cigarettes, she barely <laughs> ate all day, she was unhealthily underweight, didn't exercise, had a litany of health issues, but she was great. No, but she was just making all this money because women would come in looking to lose weight. They would see her. She was thin and she would say, buy these shakes, which by the way, she didn't even drink, Mm -hmm. but she would say, these are great. They would buy them in bulk. I mean, I literally saw people with hand trucks Mm -hmm. with boxes of ready to drink shakes on them, loading them into their car and they were buying them. And this, and I remember just being like, what the fuck is happening here? Like this, like I remember she, like I said, didn't exercise, didn't work out, smoked cigarettes, completely unhealthy, but she was making all this money in commissions because she just knew how to, how to sell the product. I mean, I've literally driven past the GNC before and seen an employee outside smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just shitting on GNC, but I'm saying like the supplement industry in general is completely based off of marketing. It's not based off of like, you know. Well, it's not regulated. So yeah, yeah. Yes, they can but it's not, say or do whatever they want. But yeah, so like, for example, like I was saying before, if there's a study done, a legit study, and it says that, you know, all the benefits of vitamin D, a company can take a very low, cheap dosage of non-bioavailable vitamin D and put it in their product, and they could say, this is, you know, it, this has vitamin D in it, and vitamin D has been shown to do these things. So they're not lying, but they're not being truthful at the same time. They're, it, yeah, it has vitamin D in it, but it's not enough to do anything. And you know, the studies that you're talking about is say that you need this dosage, but they're not getting it from your product. You just add a little, you literally like did the salt bay thing where you sprinkle a little bit in there <laughs> and, and just said, oh, this is good for you now. So like, for example, like what are, um, so would you say that there are any supplements in certain su- circumstances where that, you know, people, should be paying more attention to. So we've kind of went over ones that people kind of overly rely on. Are there certain things you think that people should be paying more attention to? Like for example, it's not sexy to go buy vitamin D, but like if you live in upstate New York where it's sunny for two weeks a year, you probably need to supplement with some vitamin D. Would you say there's anything that kind of falls into that category? Um, yeah, Given that you have a good whole food nutrition diet, is there anything that you should be paying attention to? Or do you feel like if you have a, if you, if you're 90% consistent with a whole food diet, do you feel like you're covered or do you feel like there's anything yeah. that people should pay attention to? I mean, if you live in, so there's this like imaginary line from like San Francisco to Philadelphia. If you live above that line, it's basically impossible for you to meet your vitamin D needs mm-hmm. from like late fall to early spring. It's impossible because we don't get sun. the level of sun <laughs> that we need in order to get vitamin D and 40 to 60% of people are vitamin D deficient. So I think vitamin D is probably one of the most important ones. Um, But there's ton. I mean, people can be deficient in all sorts of things just based on what they're eating. But I think overall, like the general nutrition guidelines that I always want when I say like a whole food diet, I mean, eat minimally processed, unrefined foods, um, Try to eat like local seasonal organic fruits. Go to the farmer's market. We went to the one in Schenectady last week. We mm-hmm. went to the Troy one a couple weeks ago. We've been to the Saratoga one. They have like- I just tried a bourbon there though. How was okay. it? It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the one in Saratoga, like we talked to like the, the farmer there about getting stuff like, like liver and eggs and like fresh stuff that you can get that's organic. And it tastes so much better. That's the thing. That's the thing that's crazy is like people avoid the stuff because it's inconvenient, but it realistically tastes so much fucking and better. And you're supporting your local community. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a win, 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 win. That's yeah. what we want all around. Um, and then if you are going to shop like at Hannaford, I find that Hannaford more than Market 32, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Market 32, has more offerings of organic fruits and vegetables. I don't find as many at Price Shopper, but... Um, Would you ever... do you like? But you like Whole Foods too, right? I like yeah. to go to Whole Foods. Well, because yeah. Whole Foods is more like um, right now, probably most people listening to this just live in upstate New York like we do. But like, let's say there's people, someone who listen to this and they don't have a Hanford or Market. Yeah. Do, like a Whole Foods kind of kind of kind, or Trader Joe's kind of yeah. kind of be like a fail safe kind of a national mm-hmm. chain that you can yeah. go to and get some good quality food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also um, choosing like grassed finished meats, so like grass fed beef and um, poultry. That's. Oh, do your thing. Do your thing with the eggs. 
What? The differences between the eggs. The, oh. <laughs> I forget what it is. There's like, like certain eggs. Pasture raised or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pasture sure. raised is the best. So pasture raised is the best. <laughs> um, no, there's conventional eggs, which yeah. are all the chickens in the barn, in the facility, crammed on top of one another. You can crack the shell with like your fingertip. Like, <laughs> they're sharing diseases. They're, you know, like they're not healthy. And then uh, the next one would be um, the next cage, one up in the quality. next one up in quality would be cage free, mm-hmm. which means still in the same barn, still packed on top of each other. They're just not crammed in cages, cages packed on top of each other. Yeah. And then the next one would be free range, which is a very loose term mm-hmm. because when you look at the package, they show these like chickens out in the pasture, but yeah. really you could still have all the chickens and all they have to do is provide access to outside for mm-hmm. like an hour a day and some of them are just let outside into like a it's like pavement or yeah it's like a little area where they just open a barn door and not all the chickens even go out because they don't know they can and then some of them go out just allowed (laughs) or some of them they just build like and like this alcove outside and the chickens Mm -hmm. can like stick their heads out basically yeah so that's like free range so then pasteurized is the best um it has the highest amount of vitamins in it because the the chickens and the hens are allowed to eat worms and grasses and they have a more diverse diet yeah. rather than just eating like the corn or the grain that they're given. Also, the conventional um, chickens are usually given um, like GMO corn feed, so it's like genetically modified, which yeah. again, not great for you. Um, so always look for pasteurized and if not, free range is second best. But no, but that's a, that's a good point to make because, again, like there's so many nuances to it. Because if you just say whole foods over supplements and you yeah. just broad stroke it like that, to the average person, they're gonna go, okay, well, if instead of having this protein shake, I'll just go to Five Guys and get a burger, and I'm eating whole foods, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not as black and white as that. Like when we're talking about whole food, we're talking about good quality. You know, so if you're going to the the supermarket and you know making sure you're spending the extra couple of bucks to get grass-fed beef and stuff like that or i mean we could do a whole episode on like sourcing of foods because it's like again like the labels that companies are allowed to put on things like all natural means fucking nothing nothing. (laughs) like like it it can say organic but if it doesn't have like the green usd organic it's not really organic you know like there's so many labels like that are just bullshit, but make people think like, oh, this is like healthier. Let me. Well, it's, yeah, it's like when you get like a, a box of cereal and mm-hmm. it'll say like whole grain, gluten free. <laughs> and it's like Captain Crunch. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this is whole foods. Like, it's so good for me. It's like, it's not though, yeah. you know? So, um, I, I think those, I don't even think that's the worst. I think it's when it's like a food that could be healthy, but like yeah. the way that it's made is not. So yeah. then people are like, oh, this oatmeal, which is going to be healthy, says, like, all natural, but then it has, like, chemical additives and all this other, like, shit. Yeah. Like, that's worse to me than, like, we know cereal's not great for you. There's, like, high fructose corn But some syrup people, and- but uh, from my experience dealing with clients, like, some people don't, though. Like, I, I've asked people, like, oh, what do you mean? And they're like, I eat pretty healthy. Like, I have special K for breakfast. You know, I get uh, an egg white wrap at Dunkin' Donuts for lunch. And, like, they think that's because it's a lower-calorie option that it automatically means it's healthy. And that could be a whole other topic. It's just, like, just because it's lower-calorie does not mean it's a healthy food. It's like when people think that gluten-free means it's, like, a weight-loss food. And I, I find, from my experience, a lot of people, they will end, end up getting food that is even more processed, higher in calories, but it's just labeled as gluten-free and be like, well, I mean, healthy, it's gluten-free because they believe that gluten is like some sort of poison. Um, you know, so I think it's, it's having the knowledge to go, okay, 90% of my nutrition is not going to be super sexy. I mean, there's, I think the best quality foods have the worst, most boring marketing. Like you're not seeing big signs on the, you know, uh, for grass fed ribeye steak, you know, it's not, it's not happening or for organic vegetables. These are foods that you go into a store. The marketing isn't great. There's it's kind of basic labeling, and and, and those are the ones that you know you're gonna wanna you wanna pick up. And, and think about that realistically speaking. If you're a food company trying to make money, and you see like this big elaborate packaging, you know it means they spend some of the money on the packaging, so they have to take that money away from the quality of the food. Whereas if you buy like you know organic vegetables, they're just sitting there with a sticker on it. <laughs> so that's that's as much effort as they put into the packaging. 
focusing on the quality of your food, I feel it's important even so into the, the aspect of, you know, obviously, especially I know something we talk about a lot, like Monday through Friday, we're very strict on point with what we want. And then on the weekends, uh, we give ourselves a little more leeway and allow ourselves to, you know, kind of go uh, a little a little off more the more the 20, uh, the, you know, the 80, uh, the 80, 20 aspect and go more so the 20. And even choosing more so to, like you said, to like get your, your food from quality sources, the farmer's markets, the... Um, even if you say like go to a restaurant and get their quality ingredients rather than ordering the uh, the quick convenience I've realized has and you guys tell me you agree has become the norm for 95% of people oh yeah uh, like with protein shakes it's it's they're more so I feel like in my opinion were made for a convenience factor for something on the go quick you can get to um, you have somebody who comes here as a, a first-time nutrition client it's like what did you have to eat oh, I had a protein shake for breakfast for lunch and I just figured out dinner. I'm like, all right, well, but that's not healing your body. That's not allowing you to feel good. That's not allowing you to yeah. bring your best into each day and then realize the side effects that are coming with it. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I think people make the majority of their food selection based mm-hmm. off of taste or convenience. Yes. Like they make it based off what they're craving in the moment. And I think that's a huge thing, too, is like people... Craving symptoms. I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You crave sweets or crave salty, that's a symptom of dysfunction. So Yeah. Again. What are some common reasons why that would happen? Like if you're someone who has a lot of like... I, uh, people will tell me, oh, I just crave carbs, you know? It's like, no, you don't. Because if I was to put a baked sweet potato in front of you, you wouldn't eat you it. Wouldn't you know, eat you, it. you yeah, don't yeah. crave carbs. You're craving these highly palatable sugary foods uh, you know what I mean so I think that people just then they just demonize like carbohydrates because they're like well I just crave carbs no you're craving fucking chocolate because it's designed to make you crave it and you probably have some sort of dysfunction somewhere else in the day some sort of nutrient deficiency that's causing you to crave this so like what was what's like a common one that you well I mean sugar literally gives your brain dopamine so Mm. it's like a drug so it's um it's like telling your body like hey this is an addictive um um this is like an addictive substance so it makes your body want more yeah um and um if you are craving like other sugar can also be blood sugar if you're craving salty things it can be your your small intestine so just a lot of if you're craving things there's an underlying issue so so uh, so let's say you're someone who is you know maybe they're dealing with one or a few of these issues do you generally recommend that they you know what kind of uh what would be the first step in identifying this? Let's say that they, you know, want to figure out what they're deficient in, or, you know, I know there's sometimes you recommend, uh, you know, people asking their doctor for certain blood panels and things like that. Do you feel like that's the like last resort or do you feel like that's the first step? I think honestly, I think that there's a, a tracking app called chronometer Mm -hmm. and it's better than my fitness pal because it breaks down all the nutrients like Mm -hmm. further. And I think just if you tracked your food for a week and like each day, like, look, like, am I hitting my iron? Am Mm -hmm. I hitting these things other than just macros, like not just am I hitting carbs, fat, protein. And I think that's like a great way to start. I even did that like when I was first postpartum because I was like, am I getting enough iron to give through my breast milk to Carter? You know, Mm -hmm. like, um, I think that's a great place to start. And then I think, recognizing when you have symptoms and then you know trying to make some some lifestyle dietary changes and seeing if they improve it, yeah. like outside of like working with a you know, yeah, yeah. If you were doing it on your own, yeah. it's like, okay, this is something that I eat regularly. I can kind of use my common sense to understand that maybe this, you know, uh, if you're craving sugar, if you're crashing in the afternoon, it's probably blood sugar. Try to eat like macro balanced meals all the time. Yeah. Don't eat carbs alone. Pair them with a fat yeah. or a protein, preferably all, but yeah. So like try to try to, yeah, try to, yeah, do more meals, less snacks, you know? So yes. like every time you're going to eat, Protein, carbon, fat on the plate, you know, something like that. And that's a, just this jumping off point just to start yeah. there. Um, but if, if someone was dealing with a lot of these things and they don't know where to start, like where's, where can they find you on like a social media website, all that stuff? So I'm on Instagram as Mama Eats with two S's. Okay. So M-A-M-A-E-A-T-S-S. And, um, or you can go to mama eats again, two S's.com. Yeah. And, uh, those, those, that's just to get in touch with Meg. And then, uh, the uh, app you recommended was what? Chronometer. Which again, not affiliated with it. Just something that's very useful. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to add or? Yes. So. 
question that with the current state of how unregulated FDA is and pesticides, things of how um, our nutrition is given to us before we even get a hand on it, uh, um, are able to purchase it, any insight to it at all, do you feel that by strictly sticking to just whole foods that we can cover all our bases and live uh, a life most fulfilled and to our, our healthiest, whatever that may be? Do you feel like that's possible? Yeah. Okay. Adam? Yeah, you? I think that's definitely possible. <laughs> I, 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 I thought it was just a question for Mag. Yeah, no. Hundreds of years ago, we, there was no supplements. Everyone ate what we yeah, have, I agree. and we were fine. Yeah. yeah. It's just um, now people want to rely on quick, easy fixes, mm-hmm. and I get it. Our lives are busier, and mm-hmm. we don't have as much time. Time, but um, I think that we still have to prioritize you know, a quality diet, quality food. Yeah. So if I was going to say like kind of four things when you're sourcing your food to kind of build a whole foods diet, I would say think variety, think locally, think seasonally, and think quality. That's good. That's a good way to end it. I like it. it. (laughs) (laughs) We just want to say thank you guys for joining us today. If you guys like this episode, please give it a share, give it a like. Show it to a friend or family member. We appreciate you guys joining us once again. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys.